Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 374 featuring Matteo Santoro, an amazing person who I had the pleasure of meeting when I went to NFTLA. Uh, he was on a panel there and uh, it was really cool. Uh, I got I exchanged some information with him and then figured out, you know, if he could be on the podcast and he came on and really got to dig deep into what this guy's doing because he is basically a, uh, a filmmaker or came from visual effects and a filmmaker and decided to uh, create his own content uh, by becoming completely self-sustained and self-funding his own creative project by the sale of his NFTs. And it has completely opened up the world to him in a lot of ways. Now, there's a lot of projects out there that use NFTs that are doing things. And this is definitely a special one. And I think it's very relatable towards the kind of things that we do especially if you're a visual effects person and you want to tell your own, make your own content. So I absolutely love this guy. The amount of just sheer joy and passion that I got by the end of this podcast, I wanted to go over and give him a hug, even though we were on different side of the screen, because it was just so inspiring to hear what this guy was saying. So Kristen, what did you think of Mateo? Yeah, well, like you said, passion, you you walk away with this, you you love it. Um, and so he actually came to LA with like $500 in an air mattress. Um, mm -hmm. And he kind of just started off doing opening uh, title credits. That's how he got into VFX. And he's mm -hmm. actually worked on like lots of films, 300, Avatar, Alien versus Predator. And now, as you said, he's uh, creating um, narrative driven NFTs. So with meaning, and he's calling mm -hmm. it like the soul drive concept. Um, mm -hmm that he's uh, putting in these narratives and the SIFT NFT, and that's out now. Um, mm -hmm. It's animation of this practical, I think it was an eight foot robot that he built himself. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all set in a dystopian future with like a, a Western feel. So he really goes into explaining that. And this, mm -hmm. um, the other project is the Sunflower Kid NFT series, which is wonderful. It's a series which all the proceeds um, go to Magna Medical Aid, which is a medical humanitarian organization um, that is actively providing assistance to children and their families affected by the war in Ukraine. So it's... Yeah. He's such a, a nice, a great person. It's the, the whole podcast. You learn a lot. So, absolutely, great. absolutely, and I absolutely love the Sunflower Kid series. All of this is great. The SIF stuff he's doing, everything else. But when he started talking about the Sunflower Kid stuff, and and the power that that kid has, he's basically invented a new type of superhero, in, or a, a, it's ba it's a baby, it's a superhero with a backstory and all this stuff. The Sunflower Kid and the images are absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, and what he's doing with this, and not only is he doing this thing where he's specifically helping up this specific humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, but he's also even thinking about where Sunflower Kid goes next for the next humanitarian crisis. So let's say there's a, you know an earthquake or some other natural disaster that happens somewhere and that needs place. Sunflower Kid can go to that location and raise money to help those causes. And I just... I just think he's an amazing person. I was really, mm -hmm. really impre impressed with Matteo and I'm really glad uh, to see what he's doing. And I definitely guys, I think you guys should follow him. Um, and I, because I, I certainly will be doing that for, for a while. So really awesome to see that. And it was something, something really cool to, you know, discover it and FTLA of all places. So really great <laughs> to, to see that. Okay. Um, uh, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, Kristen, what's going on? Yeah, so you can find these out at chaos.com slash events. Coming up on May 18th, we have the Chaos Vantage live webinar. So you can join Chaos's Simeon and um, a 3D artist, Andrea Pedrotti, uh, who's the creator of Spectrum. And they'll talk about cars, craft, and creativity with Chaos Vantage. Um, again, chaos.com slash events, and you can log on and sign up for that. And again, that's on May 18th. So that's coming up real soon. So make sure and register soon so you can get onto that webinar. Uh, we don't have any specific announcements or product announcements just yet. But if people want to know more about the podcast, Kristen, where can they go? You can go to facebook.com slash podcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. And if you'd like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. And if you have any ideas of other podcasts or you want to comment on this one or you want to tell us anything, just don't forget to email us. Labs at chaos.com is our email. Again, that is labs at chaos.com. And we would love to hear from you. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating there. Uh, and, you know, enjoy enjoy all the things that this podcast has to offer. Oh my God. 
Kristen, this has been going on for a long time. Every time I look back at this, it's like, my I God. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be in November, I think it's going to be eight years that this podcast is going on. So I know. Anyway, but for now, please enjoy episode number 374 with Matteo Santoro. Welcome to another CG Garage where the Chaos Group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It was really, it was really cool seeing you uh, at NFTLA, obviously, and it was exciting to, to 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 figure out, you know, what you guys are doing. The only problem I had is that all of the, you know, they were all panels and they were really fast, and we didn't get to see enough of it. <laughs> like, I really want to see yeah, more yeah, of what yeah. you're doing. So yeah. uh, that's why I was like, well, I'll just have them on the podcast and then I'll get to find out more <laughs> yeah. what's going on. Have you had time to check, check out the trailers and all the materials? I did. Time? All right. I did. I did. I did. But I want you, obviously, I want, you know, let the, let, you know, the buy audience get more excited about it. So I want to give them more details and so that you can tell them what what's going on. But let's start with your background. Obviously, you've been, uh, you, you know, you've got some a background in, in visual effects as well and all of that. So what, what got you into the movies and wanted to get involved in doing CG? Like what was the thing that sort of inspired you there? Um, well, look, it's like, I've been an artist since day one, really, you know, and it's like when I was a kid, it was like, where am I going to go to college? Obviously I went to art school, I ended up going to RISD. Um, oh, yeah. kind of just, a, you know, the language I know how to speak in a weird way. It's just the other part of, you know, the other world just didn't make sense to me. And, um, and then I just been on that path, that creative, path of trying to just constantly do what like kind of speaks to me and and um you know after I graduated from RISD I ended up coming out to LA in like 2005 and I worked um you know I literally came out with like $500 in an air mattress type of situation too with yep, a good you're not the only life. one <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like I just have my reel you know what I mean from and my I had like an animation reel and like uh, I just, from there, I was just like, try to get a job, try to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. got to get the rent. And uh, I wanted to get into doing, uh, I wanted to get into doing um, opening title credit sequences because I love that stuff. Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like the beginning of the opening titles to seven. And as like mm-hmm. a typographer, like I just loved type and motion. And so my heart was like really leaning in that direction. It's this kind of cool bridge between like design and like video. And so you get to really experiment. And like, I was really inspired by like Kyle Cooper's work. You know, he did the, like yes. I said, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, and so I ended up coming up to L and I got this job actually doing an opening title credit sequence for this. Uh, one of my first jobs, like for this uh, reality show called Brat Camp. And like, and so that was the one that kind of kicked it all off. And then <clears throat> from there, I was just kind of, you know, hooked in the visual effects world and, <clears throat> You just kind of learn, bounce around. And like, I ended up going to uh, this place called Hydraulics for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was just like, at that point, I just, I couldn't really define like what my position was as far as like what I wanted to focus on. I just loved doing it all. So it just turned it into like a, you know, like problem solving, kind of putting on fires, whether it's like 3D, trying to do some animation stuff over here. Just, you know what I mean? Just kind of like bouncing around from job to job because I don't know. And learning, you know, it's like a lot of learning that happens like early on in your career as a VFX artist, just seeing how production, you know, you know, all the different decisions and everything. Anyway, so then from there, <laughs> you still follow me on this, yeah, this yeah. path? All right. And then from there it was, um, uh, yeah. So after that, it was like, okay, I'm, you know, I've been working on other people's dreams, you know, and you get to that point where like, you know, what are your dreams? And you, you start to ask yourself that question as an artist. It's like, you know, I, I love and respect like all the projects I worked on, just so many like amazing lessons that came out of that stuff. And then it's like, okay, so now what, you know, what's the next step? And so I ended up building this um, kind of sci-fi world called offline. It was like this, I don't know, like, I'll, I'll post a link to it, but a long time ago, it was like my first kind of go at getting behind the camera and being like a director, but because I have my ability as like a visual effects artist, 
I can like shoot stuff, but then like make it just look big without having to wait for like a studio or any kind of budget. You know what I mean? So I know that I have sure. that ability. So I can just make my own stuff. And I've like, you know, so I put this thing offline online. It was like some sci-fi thing. And then I, that's where I kind of just like, you know, got some um, introduction into the kind of the Hollywood system at that point. Right. Cause it's, uh, it went viral at the time and it was just like this like moment where you're, um, you know, like, you know, interviewing with studios and it's that real exciting fire of like, whoa, am I going to get to make a movie out of this? And, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just like you get that that taste of, you know, the kind of people like being into the idea. What year was this? Man, I don't even know. You got to look, just look up offline and then Santoro <laughs> and it's way back there. But, okay. you know, I built the thing like basically in my garage. It was just like, you know, at night getting, you know, some friends together, putting together costumes and it's just that like that thing you got to do. If you want to do it, you just got to, you know, do it. So it's just like this post-apocalyptic futuristic thing, like kind of all the, you know, types of imagery that I'm generally attracted to. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so from there, <laughs> from there was... Uh, yeah, I put that out and I ended up um, getting this opportunity to direct a, uh, a, a like a like a, a web series from that. And it was for this uh, and I had to come up with an idea for it. And it was like we we're basically take the web. I told them specifically I wanted to take the web series and instead of doing a web series, we're going to turn it into a feature. If we can do that, I'm like, I'm into it. Right. Like, let's make a movie. But we had like not that much money. I think it was like. I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And I just had a real big dream for this thing. It's called Higher Power. And so I ended up directing that, but I would kind of put myself into this position because there were so many visual effects in the script when I wrote it that I, kind of, I needed to get them done, right? So that took me like a really long time. I ended up working on that thing for, I don't know, like four years until we ended up raising enough money to get it over the finish line. But, you know, it got, you know, but you got distribution, got picked up by Magnolia Films. It's like, that's awesome. You know, just kind of like what was one of those things where I, you know, I just, you know, I just wanted to, I don't know, I just went for it. And now, mm -hmm. and so it was an exciting learning process. And like, I think going through that process of needing to do all those visual effects for that project specifically was like, um, I kind of was just been sharpening the sword for like, the metaverse space right now, which is like, you know what I mean? Like, this is where I think I've just been kind of building my skill set to like, you know, this, I love the playground of what web three has to offer. And, um, and so like my next, I had my next big idea, I was going to do this thing for, um, my, this thing sift, which is kind of, you know, my star Wars, it's this world building project. And, right. and, and so, but when you have like your own original, IP, when you pitch it to a studio, it's really good to go at them with like fireworks, you know? So I would like, I wanted to shoot a trailer for it so that I can take it out and try to get funding and kind of take that studio route. Right. And so sure. before COVID, I, um, I ended up, well, actually during COVID, I started just writing, right. It was just like, right. You know, just got into the story and then I started building. I was like, I want to shoot this thing, but I want practical elements. And I ended up like, um, uh, kind of building this robot that's like eight feet tall. I'm gonna show you some pictures of it, and it took me like months too. It was like it's all like all articulate, like the arms move and everything. And um, you know, we just kind of made it so it's like kind of can puppeteer it. My buddy Bruce, he, you know, shout out to Bruce out there, Mitchell. He's uh, he was with Vis uh, Legacy uh, Legacy Visual Effects. That's how we met. Right? Yeah, yeah, Legacy. Yeah. yeah, and he worked on like Iron Man, and he like helped me kind yeah. of put the the structure together because he saw yeah. my vision. That kids, that guy's awesome. So shout out to Bruce. <laughs> so, so we we made this skeleton and we put this robot together. But when people started seeing the robot, like all my friends and stuff that I like, I've amassed through production. Like my buddy Dallas Sterling is just like always down to like you know shoot up you know fun stuff and. He's there for the story. And like, you know, so I showed him the robot and we just started, I started building costumes. And then next thing you know, we're like out in the desert, like shooting this sci-fi adventure um, thing. And I'm like, you know, we, I make the trailer. And at that point, um, after the trailer was made, it was like, all right, well, I guess I could take this studio route, but this thing feels kind of special. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, is it just a pitch or is it like, 
you know, maybe, you know, you know, I put something into this, like, and then I started looking at the NFT space. And the thing that really attracted me about it is the, that it's kind of like this playground of strange, weird opportunity. And like, you know, the rules are just getting like put into place as people are going. Right. And so it's like, you know, maybe there's a route here where <clears throat> I take sift and, and, and kind of build a, a, like a fan base around the uh, you know, around the property, but like through the metaverse, but I do, you know, what the ultimate goal is like getting, you know, get, getting the movie made, but kind of getting the movie way, made in like an experimental way. And so like, there's this version of like, um, uh, where they, they, there's this version of the situation where like, there's like kind of an economy around, uh, uh, development, right. Cause I talked about this during the, during, during the talk where, where, you know, as you know, like working in visual effects, there's so much that goes into the, into the development of like star Wars, you know, it's like how many helmets of Darth Vader did they go through? And these drawings, like all of those drawings, first of all, are fucking badass too. Like all of them, like all the concept work is just so rad. I'm sorry. I, sw I swore. I didn't. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, you, can say, you can say whatever you want, man. <laughs> all right, cool. I didn't know. Like, okay. Sorry about that. So anyways, anyways, all the concept work is so badass. And then what happens to all that stuff after the movies gets made, it just turns into like, maybe a, like a, like a coffee table book, you know what I mean? But now there's right. like this opportunity where like, you can kind of share that stuff early with people who are really like hardcore fans and get them like a little bit involved with the creative process, which is kind of interesting, right? It's like, right. it kind of crosses that bridge between uh, like your, the relationship that creatives have with their fans. You know, it's like, is because this thing is for that, you know, for them and like back and forth is this cool synergy that can occur and it's inspiring. And so like right now it's like, I'm, I'm in that place where I'm starting to feel it kind of paying off and it's, it's really exciting. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm having a lot of fun with the IP and I like, all I just want to do is just continue to build and build and, and um, you know, all the people who have kind of, uh, you know, have been, like in the sift army from day one too it's like i all feel their energy and it's so cool like that young i don't know if you know young from the young content show that guy's amazing mm -hmm. you get a you guys should have a conversation and yeah you know my, my girl lady phoenix who's just a really inspiring human being and you know um everybody out there is just like you know you get there is a community thing here that i i'm really attracted to as well well like a lot yeah. Of special, yeah special for sure people. For sure. Now it's interesting. So, you know, I've, I've had many before the NFT, you know, ex extravaganza has gone on there. I had many conversations with friends and I've had them on this podcast as well, because this podcast has been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but just uh, about that specific idea, you make something cool, you put a short out there, you hope it goes viral. Hopefully it gets someone's attention at some agency or at a studio and then you go on what they call the water bottle tour of Los Angeles, where you go from conference room to conference room trying to pitch your idea. And hopefully someone picks it up or green lights it or whatever and gets caught in development hell. And it's just a nightmare, yeah, right? Totally. And a, a lot of times, um, I mean, it sounds exciting, but it's, it's not. It's a huge amount of work and it doesn't even guarantee that it's going to happen. But yeah. it's – that that is a challenging thing, and it sounds like you went through a little bit of that when you did uh, your other short, right? When you did offline, did you go? Oh yeah, through yeah, a little bit? yeah. It's it's a roller coaster too, because you know you're playing with dreams, right? You're like, oh my god, I get to make this thing into a re you know what I mean? So you got to kind of like control the you know the expectation because it's like goes up and down, and there's a thing, and this guy's attached, and they're excited, and it's just like you know mm -hmm. it's um. That within itself is definitely, but you, yeah. you got to go through it though. You know, that's the process, right? You got to kind of like, there's a, there's a definitely a fight to get these things to come to life and that's the name of the game really. And so I'm just kind of looking at it through the, the, the lens of the metaverse. <laughs> right. Well, I think what's interesting now is obviously, you know, this is the refrain that was being said over and over again at NFTLA. And I think you, you were definitely one of these people is that you don't want to go through the middlemen anymore. You don't want some gatekeeper to tell you what you can put, make and can't make or fund you and can't fund you. So you really see, you know, like if you have enough people in an audience, right, that can basically 
champion what you're doing, yeah, <laughs> then yeah. that will that will work. So how how did you do it? Like like basically when you did SIF, like like what's the what's the list? You know, you're giving some advice. You can say, all right, I got some ideas or whatever. It's yeah. like, well, how did you do SIF? And so how did the, you know to sort of get people an idea of what's the best process of setting this up to, for the the way that you're doing it? How did I do SIF? I just like in terms of putting it, making it into an, a Web three space. Like, what's the transition? Like, okay, here's what I had to do. I had to make a bunch of this. I had to yeah, yeah. I mean, some... Look, I just made a thing, right? I guess that's what it kind of takes. <laughs> you got to right? just like if you want to be in the NFT space, that's the beauty of it. It's like you just anybody can really dig deep. You know, you don't even have to, like some people just don't even can, you have never considered themselves even artists before or digging deep and being like, hey, am I creative in this strange way? And you know, there's like AI stuff and it's, you know, like, so my first advice would be just to like, whatever it is that you're trying to make, whether it's SIFT or, you know, some generative, you know, butterfly experiment thing, like do it, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like just do it. Number one, like just do it and kind of like figure out how to execute it. And if people, like, if you need something from somebody or you think you need something from somebody, but you can't get the thing done because that person's not there. Don't wait for that person. Like figure out how to make it work and just to keep moving with the, with the idea, okay. you know, see it through. Like that's the number one thing. It's like, it's like, cause the, the, the kind of like path of trying to execute something, anything, right. You just gotta, it's at, at times just treacherous and you do, <clears throat> excuse me, and you don't want to do it at all. Like you just, you know what I mean? And then like, if it's not being well received or like in your ego and blah, and, and it's just like this kind of like barrage of kind of mental uh, obstacles that you have to kind of overcome. And then, you know, you just just stay focused on like execution. Like I just want to I just want this world to come to life. And and I like really believe in it and, and I feel driven to do it. And I feel, you know, actually kind of, um, you know, I feel like the whole this whole Web3 thing is really actually kind of special, like outside of just the fact that people are like selling cool images there's this underlying like beauty behind the fact that like there's more people are just becoming artists like from a collective you know standpoint like there is like an influx of creativity like just through the collective consciousness energetically right so it's like i like that i feel like it's kind of pushing things in the right direction because we're just you know we're in a time where you know there are there's a lot of conflict so like Yes, creativity. Let's go. You know, all of us. Let's go. I don't know what stories you want to tell, but just tell them. <laughs> don't wait. <laughs> just yeah. go. What's uh, so? So, t- tell us a little bit about the world. Tell us a little bit about SIF. Like, what's that world about? And what? How do all right. You know? <laughs> all right. So, SIFT is. Um, it takes place two hundred years after the last war, known as the Old War. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you want to get nerdy? <laughs> yeah, let's get nerdy, man. <laughs> all right, and um, and so like the last war, all of Earth's remaining superpowers they were fighting over uh, what little resources were left, right? So it's but so but they were using like Boston Dynamics like weaponry to defend themselves, right? And so um, because you know everything was just so effed up at that point, mm-hmm. and then cut to. Uh, 200 years later, and you know the world is kind of laid to waste after this the old war. But there are still these kind of broken machines that ro- wander the the wasteland, and the people who survive, you know, they survive for a reason because they're kind of survivor, you know, because they're like built for this kind of land, right? And they become like almost oh, there's like a tr- like almost like a de-evolution uh, process that happens, but also an evolutionary process that happens because they become really the people who have survived in this world become like accustomed to the ways of technology is technology actually what keeps them alive. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. and those are, so those, a lot of those people like this, like my main character's name is Colton grass, right. And he's a dirt mm-hmm. sifter and he goes around and he like scavenges scavenges for, um, uh, energy, uh, energy, like sources of energy, things like you can like battery parts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So out in this, in the world of SIF, there's this other underlining concept, known as the soul drive network. And so in, are you still following me? Cause it's so, yeah, cool. I'm still following you. <laughs> so like in the soul drive network, there's this, um, <laughs> you know, cryogenics, you know, cryogenics. Yeah. So this isn't cryogenics, but like Ray Kurzweil, he had this, it's, it's a form of it, but Ray Kurzweil had this idea of a, 
up, you know, the singularity guy, right? He had this idea about uploading your consciousness to yes. after you die, right, to a network. And so, you know, the, at the very end of the old war, 200 years ago, like the people who could afford it, they um, uploaded their consciousnesses to this, this network that would stay alive and promise them heaven. Because it's like, it's basically like a, like a metaverse where you're just photoshopping the entire world, but you're just alive in this perpetual nirvana, even though your body's gone, your consciousness is basically in this matrix. That, you know what I mean? Sure. And that matrix is actually, it's called Ra-Tech. That's the name of the corporation, Ra-Tech. Like the Egyptian sun god is Ra, right? Mm -hmm. And they have right. this like, they have this whole solar, advanced solar technology. I'm going to actually introduce solar as like a big component to this. I like, 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 like kind of experimenting with that visually, like kind of those. Anyway, so that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so Ra-Tech, um, they developed this um this kind of this metaverse space now cut to 200 years you know of of these or so anyway so oh, i'm sorry i'm, I'm I gotta back up so after raw tech develops the metaverse space they end up um kind of creating these like facilities that are underground these bunkers that hold the consciousnesses alive you know what i mean mm -hmm. and those consciousnesses are heavily fortified and also guarded guarded by the tombstones so like those, so there's these kind of like saved souls underground and up on, up on top of them are the tombstone robots, which I, I have the, the drop yeah. that, that I did right now. So I'm built, I'm building all of the kind of NFT components into the actual narrative of the story, <coughs> excuse me, of the story. So, so, um, anyway, so Colt, I mean, I don't want to ruin it at all, but it kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to ruin it all, but, but Colton, like he ends up, uh, coming across one of these soul drive networks and, and, um, you know, it's like he, he finds a whole, basically a world underground of like, a, you know, the you know, like almost like the story of a, uh, a city in a bottle kind of a situation, right? Like that. That's crazy. Of, yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, it's like Mad Max lands into uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Look, I'm, Which I'm is totally that, like, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, you're just, it's, I feel like it's actually all my favorite things. <laughs> sure. Sorry, that's Ra, that, by the way. Ra. That's Ra. Uh, yeah. Hey. Ra, she's, uh, that, that Ra Tech is the name of the corporation, but I named her after Ra. She's kind of a little. You, a little sun dog. dog. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so um, it's a lot of like geeky world building stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to explore this entire thing with the like the fans and kind of just build it out and, like right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm in the process of, of bringing this thing to life. And I have a pretty solid roadmap of where I want to take it right now. And um, it's just a matter of, of execution. So I'm just I, I'm putting my head down and I'm in front of the computer just doing, you know, <laughs> C4D and, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm working on X particles now. I got the new, you know, the new update with the plants, which is pretty cool. Right. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Anyways, yeah. Well, that's and, really cool. So, I mean, obviously, like you said, you, 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 as you're, it sounds like was as you're going along, you're sort of making these things and it's like, well, this is a part of something, but I'm going to, you know, I think my fans would like it. So I'm going to sell it as an NFT as well. Or you took your hundred tombstone project and you sort of made a project out of that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, so there's, there's a, the utility behind the tombstone project I'm, I'm putting, I'm actually, we're going to release this tomorrow. So I'm going to give everybody a heads up now in a way, but yeah. I'm doing this thing called the, the concept lab. And okay. I'm going to have three versions of the main bad guy. His name is Flint. Okay. And anybody who has a tombstone now gets to be a part of the discussion of like how Flint looks. And like, we get to kind of choose which of the three we, we use for the movie. So it's like kind okay. of like this, cool moment in which like I'm kind of crossing the bridge between like I said fans and and the content that they like love so much and so like if you're a hardcore enough Sif guy and you want to get one of these tombstones then you get to be on that in on that conversation and where that conversation right. goes I don't know but it's going to be exciting and fun and you know and that's that's what I can at least promise you know what I mean 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned the community, which I think is a great way, thing that we should discuss. I mean, obviously, that was one of the big things that was to, uh, that everyone's been saying in Web three world. It's all about the community, 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 right? Which is great. Yeah. But I think what's challenging right now with people is like, if you have a great idea, you may not necessarily be very good at finding your community and finding your people. How? How? Wh what is your? What is the process that? allowed you to get people to see all the cool things you're doing and get well, the you know attention what? you're getting. <laughs> you know what? It's, that is a job within itself. I'll tell you that much. Yes. Yeah. Admittedly, it's not one that I've, I paid much attention to for a while. You know, it's like I, I just had my head down focused on work and there's just like the whole, like I think what you're talking about is just hype, like the hype machine, right? How do you or get just getting anyone to pay yeah, see, you know, see you? you just, <laughs> yeah. You just, well, you just make it's your stuff as cool as it can be. And, get it out there and hope that people like it, you know, like that's what I'm trying to do. It's like, I'm still being like, Hey, you know, like that's kind of what's so beautiful as well about the NFT space. And also about um, web three is that it's kind of this like level playing field of, of do or don't do. Right. And, and so it's like kind of just be active in it in whatever way you think you can be. And then like, if you are in five years when this whole thing actually does kind of like turn into web five or whatever, mm -hmm. you're going to kind of thank yourself because I think there's a shift outside of um, just like the art, you know, the artist space, but there's, I don't know, but I think there's a lot of cool opportunities in this space outside of just entertainment, like with humanitarian work too. Like I got some of that going on right now, like some really amazing projects that like, are um like the sunflower kid thing i did like that was tell us know, tell us a little bit about that one yeah so like in the middle of sift like when the war just erupted i'm about to release tombstones it's like it just didn't feel like in alignment with like that kind of the spirit of things like right now i don't want to see that like imagery you know what i mean like i'm obviously i feel like and you know there are like war undertones there, you know what I mean? But that's part of storytelling. I understand. But like, sure. at the same time, you have to kind of like weigh when you want like that kind of thing to be out there, regardless of, you know, you know, how important you might think it is to you or whatever. Right. So I just put a, a big hold on it and I just felt really inspired now because of the just, you know, I guess my like how I can reach a certain audience with my work. And I saw a situation happening over in Russia and it just felt really just wrong on so many levels. Right. There's just so like, you're like, and then I know war happens all the time. And, but it's like, I, I just never, I've never been in a position too, where like, you know, if I, I cannot, you know, like where I could actually do something actively. Right. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, I guess I could put a lot of the inspiration for the project to like what happened when, um, they made like Captain America during World War II, right? Mm -hmm. And they had that, you know, that famous shot of him punching the Hitler in the face. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. whole thing, like, like a lot of that, those that imagery, like comic book imagery, was born out of like a lot of it was out of like war and conflict to, to just like give people hope. Like it's just their symbols, right? Like uh, the you know the, the the heroes, right? Joseph Campbell kind of titans of the world or like it's superman and aquaman and you know and then i love comic book characters because of like how they are like you know represented in our society now they, they are in a weird way like are they're gonna be like future gods in a weird way right sure um, because they're all part of storytelling and anyway so um i saw like when when this happened with uh you know in 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 Ukraine, like I, I was like, I'm going to do a series. And I was like, at first I was like, I'm going to do sunflower man. Like it just, my initially it was like, you know, and I'm going to have them like stop in war. And it's like, but then it was like, no, that's not the approach. Like the, you know, it's not about like, you know, the, the, you know, uh, approaching war with like conflict. It's about like, you know, there's this like there, there's this child behind it, you know? And he's like, what his power is, is that he can just shoot a lot of sunflowers and like clog up things. And you know what I mean? And he flies and, and um, he just kind of represents peace and like, you know, little kids, like they're the victims to these wars because war is at the end of the day, it's an adult problem, right? It's like the reason why, you know what I mean? It's not, there's not their fight. Like what, they don't want to be there. They want to be in a fucking sandbox. Like it's, it's right. you know, like <laughs> what are you guys doing? You mm -hmm. idiots, right? And so, right. you know what I mean? And so um, that's why I put like, I made him just like this, like kid 
And uh, I actually have a whole backstory about him too. That's really cool. I, um, that I want to expand upon, but I'm actually going to, um, now that we did. So anyway, so I made him into this, this series and um, I was going to donate hundred percent to UNICEF, but um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who said that there was this like other uh, foundation called Magna and they were, um, like on the ground, you know, so like, just like one of those mm-hmm. people who they get hired by other bigger corporations, they hire these guys to kind of get the job done. So they're just like a, like a badass like group of nurses and doctors who are like in the war, like running up to people with Tupperware, you know, trying to keep people alive, like that stuff, right? Like they're in the thick sure. of it, right? And so I wanted to find like a, a foundation like that, that's something. And so I ended up getting connected um, with Magna. And I mean, as I'm talking to her, like that stuff's happening outside, which is pretty crazy, you know? And so it's like, I was like, I'm just going to make this NFT series. I have no idea if it's going to do anything, but I'm just going to, if it does, you guys can have all of it. And that's that. Like you're on, you're on the, you're on the field. What you need is supplies. Let's go, you know? Right. And so I did this like series and it's, she was just like, I love how you're just kind of getting it done because that's what it felt like. It's just like, in times like that, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, it requires that, you know, you just got to get the, get the, get the stuff to the people and save their asses. Like, get them out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why is there so much talk about it? I can't believe we're even in a war right now. It's like, it's crazy to me. You know, you feel like human beings should be more involved than that. It's crazy. And so Sunflower Kid, like he did, he did a good job and he actually mm-hmm. sold and I got the money to them and it was like cool to see them like actually that supplies and like more supplies. I'm like, wow, like that's, you know, act like an art, like an example of art, like actively like kind of making a difference in that, you know, in Web3 and like that, a lot of that is happening. Like a lot of that yes. is happening and it's like, that is awesome to me. That like makes me want, want to be on this team, right? Like I've yeah. never been, been in this uh, uh, situation where I could do that. So with Sunflower Kid, I've decided to, um, kind of expand like expand upon him where it's not like I don't want to keep it like he's not just like in Ukraine right you know what I mean so like there's this version of it where you know for example there's an earthquake that happens somewhere else and uh, you know like God forbid that happened right but if it does happen I can as now that I have sunflower kid I'm just gonna have him go to like places where he's really needed and then find some like foundation that's like on the ground and keep that really fluid and open. So there's no, like, you know, you know what I mean? Just like, I don't have to like stay with one. It's amazing. So, but so technically he's a superhero, right? Like he's an actual right. real life superhero now, which is cool. It's an NFT superhero. And, 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 you know, like I'm, I'm actually kind of dedicated to keeping his, his like, you know, like what he represents alive. And so like, as I move forward with sunflower kids, like, you know, I think it's going to be, um, I don't know, interesting to see where it, happens, where it goes. That's such a great, amazing idea, especially to make him so dynamic and mm-hmm. so present in terms of the exact situation that he's needed, right? So like a flood or a tsunami or whatever, and he's going to be on the ground and you'd be represented by that. And so yeah. that's yeah. such an amazing idea. Yeah, thanks, man. Really yeah, I got to make cool. a whole nerdy story behind it if you want to hear it. I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, I mean, it's kind of, you know, because I actually would love to see it. Like, I love the idea. I want to see it turn into a movie. You know, like, that always kind of happens to me. Like, I feel like movies are the, like, like, that's the ultimate kind of space for me is, like, when people sit down and they kind of take in your thing. And, you know, it's like this total connection between you and audience. And, like, you get to be kind of this architect of the world and, and so, like, when, whenever I try to develop something, I'd love to have, like, you know, that story inside there. And, you know, Sunflower Kid, actually, I one day want to turn into a movie. But, like, I, um, uh, I just have this vision of this boy who's on a mission to stop all wars. Like, so he just, you know yeah. what I mean? He's like, that's what he, it's just this kid. And he, like, goes on this mission. And there's these, these other kids that are also a part of his team. I mean, I don't want to get into all of them just yet. But the backstory is that he's a soldier fighting in... Ukraine at the, you know, and then there's Chernobyl happening and you know, how in Chernobyl, how there's like all the, uh, the, you know, the toxic, uh, radioactive environment and everything. So there's this in, in sunflower kid, the story, there's this really close to Chernobyl. There's a toxic, uh, sunflower field. that's like all kind of mutated and, you know, 
you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. so he, so there's this guy, he ends up, he's a soldier, he ends up getting shot, in like the shoulder, whatever it is, passes out in the field. And then uh, uh, he wakes up in the morning as a little boy and he, and he doesn't remember anything. And then he gets rescued by like this Ukrainian family. And then like, you know, the story kind of continues from there and, and he discovers that he has this ability to kind of like what it starts with seeds coming out of him. And like, he just has this <laughs> sunflower power that like, you know, and he can also fly. And then he just like doesn't understand why war exists and goes on a mission to stop it all. And, and it's a boy versus like the world. Because I was just looking at your Sunflower Kid NFTs as you were talking about it. So it was kind of awesome to hear you talk about it and then to look <laughs> at it at the same time. Uh, so uh, they're really, they're really cool. Uh, and I think it's such an amazing story, you know, and I was listening to, um, I don't know if you saw uh, Colton Underwood talk at, at NFTLA. He was really good. But uh, one of the things he said was, and he's like, what is one of your favorite things with NFTs? And he said, I love buying NFTs from amazing artists from third world countries because you can buy one NFT and it can completely change their lives, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was one thing that he, he mentioned. It was like, this is so interesting that that totally. space what you can do with it and how totally. much good can happen in there yeah you know? there's so much it's totally true it's actually really incredible and so like yeah like right now admittedly there's some things that need to get worked out about web3 and the technology behind it but yeah. i would say i would say that like the like the missions that artists are on and people who have good hearts and good intentions like you know, they, they, they have this kind of weird, you know, new avenue to kind of help and give back in strange and beautiful ways that, you know, that didn't exist before. And like, you know, just even the way that crypto is getting into Ukraine and, you know, doing a good job there and kind of like, you know, it's cool. It's cool to see that <clears throat> that happen. It's like, I like the, um, I like when people get along, you know, it's, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what do you, how, what do you think about, you know, some of those concerns? So let's get into that a little bit. I mean, obviously there's a lot of concerns about the uh, environmental impact of, 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 of mining and, and, and minting things. Like what are, what are, what do you think is going, how do you address that? What's, what's your way of looking at that? I think it's that? this, it's like literally, like I said, what I'm doing right now, you know, I'm, I'm actually working uh, with some folks on a project, um, another project for the Kogi tribe. Um, and it's this thing called the spiral tree series, like they're a spiriel, right? And, um, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with the lead, leader of the Kogi people and he told me about his, you know, the message that he wants to get across to humanity because we're out of balance with nature. And, and, um, so I'm doing this, uh, NFT series for them to kind of bridge that gap so that they can spread you know, their, their message to the world. And the utility behind it is that like, you actually help them to rebuild a temple that was kind of destroyed. I think it was destroyed like 600 years ago. <laughs> but as far as like a, as far as a uh, utility goes to be involved in, you know, bringing this kind of sacred temple to people um, and then allowing them to kind of have more of a platform to, you know, say what, how they feel about the world and the environment. Because if anybody knows anything about like, how to keep balance it's these types of people you know what i mean and so it's like so how do you address it you, you're at you just have to be as an artist i think it's kind of your responsibility to be like actively you know you know at least if you wanted to try, like actively trying to get involved with energy cons conservation projects like plug the like you know what i mean plug the the the, the dam in the opposite direction and just push and 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 because that's what we have to do right now you know what i mean i think that that is where the test lies it's let's just do a lot of awesome good things for this world and kind of you know change some things you know so that's where, my, sure. where i'm at sure and i think just i'm just introduce a couple of terms with some of my audience may not know nft terms you and i know what a rug pull is but someone may yeah. not actually know what a rug pull is and a rug pull is basically is if someone comes up with a big nft project and they have a roadmap in front of them of all the things they're going to do but then they get the money from the nfts but then they never actually execute now they could do that because they never had the ability to execute or they messed up or because they're just basically scammed you and took the money and run right so those are the sort of scams a lot of people are concerned about but you know obviously that that when scams like that happen it affects Trust. the people that are trying to do good <laughs> 
and trying to make yeah. NFT. Yeah, the yeah. trust. Well, you know what? I think it's the transparency factor of this whole game is going to is going to fix that, right? That's going to be okay. the solution of it. I feel like through time we're going to like figure it out and legit. You know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah, yeah. I mean that's, um, yeah. Be, be, my other my other point is yeah, you got to beware of nefarious fools because there's a lot of them out there. And I've right. been, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people too out there who are like that middleman situation who are trying to kind of make, uh, you know, make themselves important in, in certain ways. And I think as long as you're feeding the art, like, yes, get there. But like, if you're not, and you're kind of taking away from that, or you're like, you know, you gotta, you gotta dig deep and find that creative spark in yourself. And, and um, so like when the, when the, when the rug pulling guys come around, like we know where you're at, like, fuck you asshole what the hell you right. know like right. <laughs> and then like how do we improve that i mean there's i'm sure there's ways to like ensure the audience that like you got to help you know what i mean there's there's got to be ways to ensure the audience that that's not going to take place you know and right what i can promise right now is that um you know my, my promise to you is actually just coming from the heart like i'm here to bring sif to life you know i want sunflower kid to come to life like that's my contract you know like i'm right i'm i'm uh i'm excited about this space and i'm I'm, I'm just trying to like, uh, you know, create and, and give back as much as I can. Cause it's like a really cool opportunity for everyone to, you know, you know, you can kind of do the same. What do you think about, you know, obviously, you know, as you know, I've been around, you've, well, you've made movies and I've, I've made movies too. And, and just the idea of like, okay, you know, it's a studio options, a thing and they make the movie and then they, go to distributors and it goes into the theater system and then rentals and all that. That's obviously not how you're going to operate, right? You're going to make Sift and you're just going to make it and have your fans <laughs> oh, be no, part no, of it, right? Not, that's actually, that's how I've been, that's how I started. That's yeah. how I started. But I don't get me wrong. I have been having conversations with other producers to like get this thing over the finish line right too. So how do you, are you going to, we're looking at a theatrical release of this? Yes, okay. The, oh, yeah, that's the. So that's you're the, looking to someone to buy this from you after you've already produced it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. So there's a, yeah. The goal is to get this thing over the finish line. And what the finish line is to me is Sif the movie. Like I want that. And how that comes together is like, there's a lot of conversations that I'm having and some of them are really exciting. And so like, I can also tell you that like there's, right. you know, I, I do, I have been a one man army for a really long time. It's like, it would be mm -hmm. nice to, you know, it's good to have uh, like other people who are excited about things and want to get involved and help kind of build something creatively. So, got it. Um, you know, that's where I'm at. So you, so, so this is interesting because you know, obviously a lot of times when people would go to try to make a movie, they'd, they'd show up with the script and then the studio would fund the production of what they're mm -hmm. doing. And then, uh, uh, and then you would, produce it but you're going to produce the whole thing and then they're just going to have to buy it from you as opposed to you optioning it or doing anything of that nature I, mean, I, do, kind of cool. I don't even know i haven't even thought about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's really interesting making the thing yeah so. but here's the thing that i was <laughs> well you know what maybe just i don't want to i don't want to sound bad but just maybe yeah. you being naive of saying wait i can just make it myself why don't i just make yeah, it yeah. myself that's a really cool thing because you know what's happened in hollywood at this point especially speaking of middlemen they all take a cut of a percentage of the growth of the thing of the production right. or the making whatever so it's incentive for them for the budget to be really high because right. then they get a bigger cut right <laughs> Right. so we're getting 50 is what you're saying yeah yeah so so by you just <laughs> going behind the whole system and saying i'll just make it myself and then they're like oh well we got a great film all we got to do is pay this guy to to, to right, have right, it then right, it's right, a right. yeah i mean it's look, a really it's, good it's deal one of those things like i feel like um just with movies it's like you know if the opportunities are there and they're right and this and now i'm going to have the ability to get behind that fucking camera and make this world come to life. It's like, that's whatever, like, I just want to, you know what I mean? How I get there is, um, you know, right. All I know is that right now the world is coming to life somehow. Right. And so right. like how I get there is just by continuing to keep my, my head down in the station and, and just keep building sift and like, and like I'm behind the controls and, and it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to get some battery power, you know, we need a little, <laughs> <laughs> and sure. then, you know what I mean? And then this just kind of make this awesome world. It, 
uh, people can, you know, and then spin off stories too. Like I love that about, um, you know, like even Star Wars, obviously Star Wars inspires so many science fiction movies. I mean, it's that classic tale of good and evil and the dualities and, but just the worlds that within worlds, I love, I love the fact that like, you know, like they can, they have spinoffs of stories that leads into stories and if people are attracted to that character. You can kind of follow them for a while. And it's like more fluid, like form of creativity that way. Like, and you kind of like even Lord of the Rings, right? You just kind of have sure. that, like, it's that world building stuff so that you can kind of share with people in, in different ways now at that space, because it is a, an exploration, right? It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of strange um, synergy, I guess is the word uh, between the fans and, and, you know, the people who are making the stuff, you know, which is cool. And what, what were some of the things that inspired you as a kid? Oh man. Um, I mean, I love superheroes, you know, I really did. Like I love, I mean, it's so kind of corny, but I just, I mean, I love Superman, like just (laughs) Superman, you know, like when I was, I saw Christopher Reeves, he's not corny. I mean, it's awesome. Right. But like, it's not like, yeah, he's awesome. It's Superman, but like, it's, it seems like the most basic, you know, of all heroes to like, but he's like, not, you know, like I love what he represents. And uh, when I was really little, the thing that struck me obviously was Christopher, uh, you know, the, the Christopher Reeves, the uh, Superman one and the John, mm-hmm. uh, the Donner one. And um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, as a kid, you watch that and that was like, a, you know, you see him saving the helicopter and that song, you know what I mean? And it was right. just like, you know, I got the Superman costume and I'm running around. I remember I punched a window because I thought I had superhero power. And I was like, no more superhero costumes for you. Like, you know, so like, so when I, you know, as a child, you know, as a child, yeah, it was, it was inspired by those things, comic books, you know, and then it went from, from like the simple introduction of Superman, obviously he just kind of represents all good. Right. So then it was like, you know, it got into Batman and like, you know, Tim Burton's Batman came out and I was just totally blown away by that. You know, like it was uh, dark and, you know, I'm getting older too. So I'm like, you know, what was I at 11? So it was all mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's, you know, like <laughs> and everything that Tim Burton makes is so cool and like edgy. Yeah. And there was like this new style to it. And Jack Nicholson was just so scary as a Joker at the time. And like, um, I just remember loving that, like the imagery of him just being this hero, but it felt more real, it felt more real than all the other ones, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, at the time, like the, the, the Batmobile from the, um, uh, that one was so awesome, like the kind of vintage looking thing. And anyway, so um, I remember when I was a kid, actually, this is a Sunflower Kid reference or actually form of inspiration. But my dad, uh, he, he he's a police officer in Quincy, Massachusetts, or he was, he's retired now. Sergeant yeah. uh, Charles Santoro of the P- Quincy Police Department. So he's, <laughs> he, he's the best, too. Um, anyway, so um, when I was a kid, he he, he bought me for uh, Christmas this Batman mask uh, because I was so obsessed and it was like, you know, way too big for my head, you know, so it was kind of like leaning off to the side <laughs> a little bit. So I have to like stuff a newspaper in there to make it stay up. So, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so he ended up. Uh, so in Sunflower Kid, this is where the story kind of comes into play. Like he's got this big kind of goofy mask that's like dripping off his face and tipped and but um you know which is just kind of funny because that you know when i was a kid because my dad was a cop too i remember i was like dad i was like maybe you should just wear the batman mask to work and like you know be a superhero because like you can do that (laughs) (laughs) that was just my logic back then so i i just kind of have always been and then you know obviously uh blade runner it's just like what the hell like you know in your teens like i remember seeing it on a vhs like my uncle gary had like a blade runner vhs and it's like even putting it in the vhs and it's all like staticky and like that experience because yep. <laughs> and that was like that movie blew like totally blew my mind it was all the like the layers of texture and the, just how that guy uses light to just you know cut through scenes and and the way he tells stories is amazing and then obviously james cameron's work like terminator 2 i mean i was yeah. I was thinking it was like 15 when that came out, right? So right. I wasn't allowed to see the movie in the theater, right? Or whatever it was. And so we'd have to like sneak in to see Terminator, but that liquid metal guy coming out of the ground the first time you saw that. And I remember that was actually the movie that inspired me to get into visual effects. I was like, yeah, was, yeah. I, I, I remember going to this, I was on a road trip and we, we stopped at some like Brookstones as a kid. And there was this uh, magazine about like kind of creating 
uh, visual effects for like Terminator. And I was like, whoa, there's a guy and his name is James Cameron. And he's like the guy who like builds this whole thing. Did like, you, did, what? Did you ever meet Spaz Williams? No, no, I haven't. No, no. Oh, yeah. Cause he's the guy who created that at ILM. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, there was a documentary that just came out about him called Spaz, which is incredible. Because yeah, he's, he's yeah. kind of an amazing – so it, it was just shown at South by Southwest. But, yeah, I totally get it. It was amazing. Yeah. It was a I really, mean, talk really about cool the, Talk story. about development, though. Like, look at what, what goes into making Terminator 2 back then. Like, yeah. all of those practical sculptures and all – like, where yeah. is that stuff? Like, what – that's beautiful artwork that, like, artists – Led for trust me i've been in yeah. those trenches i worked on vfx movies there's like yeah. you know that's another thing it's like i'm a champion of the vfx like community as well because like i feel like there's this kind of crappy narrative floating around about like oh, it's terrible you just you just throw a dollar at a movie or money at a movie and then a movie's just gonna have vfx and you kind of like whatever it's just it's just money but it's not just that it's like there are crew. There are, there's just tons of dudes behind every one of those dragons that you've seen out there putting in the hours to try to make that thing look bitch. You know what I mean? So like, like even, yeah. <laughs> you know, like like the the fire dynamics and the you know like all the you know you look at like Lord of the Rings and you see the like fields of coins and like all that stuff. It's like so you know it's like you know um, I just respect all the work that they put into it. I don't even think they get enough credit. I think there should just be like, and that's what's so cool about the NFT space is like those dudes, you don't have to be all you VFX dudes out there. You don't have to be that just, just that name on the, at the end of the credits anymore. Like if you want to make a thing, use the thing that you've been building and make a thing, you know, like there's a time right now to kind of like disrupt everything. Like your value is a lot, is you're worth a lot more than you think as an artist yeah. in this world right now. And you have to know that, like, just know that. So yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Sorry>. awesome. <laughs> well, listen, your enthusiasm is intoxicating, and I'm very excited <laughs> about that. And so, this is really amazing stuff you're doing, uh, and I think it's 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 truly uh, incredible. Uh, what I you you seem like you're always jumping on some like not like have you are on the next idea constantly, and you're constantly moving forward and you're doing things. What's what's what is the thing you're looking forward to right now? <laughs> Um, What's your next like, big thing? Like, you know what I'm looking forward to? I love, I love just having this conversation. You know, I'm <laughs> like, like this is a great conversation. I'm like actually living in the moment, and 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 I'm, and it's like kind of the strange first time. I'm not the first time, but like I feel like I'm on this kind of uh, wave of just feeling surrounded by inspiration. And so, uh, where this is going, like, where do I want it to go? Like, it's like I feel like it's right here, and it's it's super exciting, and I have this really good feeling that it's going to move forward in strange and weird, beautiful ways. And, you know, and I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, everybody else kind of feels the same way at some point, because I think that the NFT space has a lot to offer the world, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's not just glowing golden skulls anymore. There's like, uh, I'm all about that <laughs> web five. Web five. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, cool. Well, listen, Mateo, it's been an amazing conversation. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, after this, we'll get links from, uh, from you and we'll put all those links up on, on your podcast page so yeah. that people can check out all the amazing projects. Sunflower Kid is incredible. It's beautiful. And I love what it's all about. Uh, and I know how much you probably have exciting to get sift out of your brain and out onto the pixels and yeah, in front yeah. of everyone well, out there. It's actively happening right now. It's so happening right now. Yeah. 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 We've got tombstones, a uh, hundred tombstones are just, they're available on foundation. It's like, and yeah. 100 of those are all, you know, it's like, if you get in on that community, I'm, I have the sift uh, concept labs called the cyber lab and you get, and it's going to be like this laboratory of concept experimentation um, yep. and, and you get to have, you know, be a part of that community and, and, uh, you know, start putting brick down, you know, after brick and, you know, make, make a, make a thing, right. That's, that's sure. the, that's the goal. So you have a yeah. discord as well, I'm assuming. Yeah. Or? I just, I just set up the discord and <laughs> I'm trying to get it. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? You gotta like, you gotta get the discord, you gotta have the website, you gotta have the roadmap. The Twitter account, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the roadmap. You know at the same time, it's like, you know what? Like at the same time, it's, are there rules to this? Do you need to have all those things? Or are we just, right. is it a little bit more like, uh, I don't know, you know, it's like, um, but I am, I'm, uh, I'm actively kind of checking all the, the marks off and, and, you know, I've 
I got people out there like Ben Noble who's been super supportive. Another dude, like, you know, he's been, the kid is like, he's got a great uh, mind and opinion about things. And, you know, it's just like, um, I don't know. just like I said, the community is, uh, is awesome. So like, I definitely like, I'm, I'm really grateful for that part as well. It's, I don't want that to go unrecognized. It's the people that I met at all these like events too. I'm sure you felt it too. It's just the conversations that are had at these things are, are feels kind of special. And, and so I'm just excited to be a part of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you being on and, uh, you know, good luck with everything. And we're very excited to see, uh, to see SIF when it'll, when it'll be out for sure. All right, man. Thanks for having me.